from the Catholic Underground. Ho, ho, hello. Uh, <laughs> it is time for the Catholic Underground, the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter today on the show. Christmas traditions, surviving your in-laws and family members, presidential Christmas words, and of course, um, uh, a little surprise here. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am Father Chris Decker. It's episode number 361, what we like to call our Christmas Spectacular. And of course, we welcome you to our studios here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and the reason I'm telling you exactly where we are will become clear in just a moment. Joining us, Kathleen Lee. She's the religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She's our locally sourced and, uh, and jingle-belled faith ninja. Yes, I, I feel very festive today. You are very festive. You've got uh, mock turtleneck uh-huh. uh, with lights. Got awesome look my sweater. And you have pug, Christmas <laughs> pug. pug. I'm sorry, Christmas French, French bulldog. French bulldog. Oh, yeah, I should have known this. Yeah, I know. Da- I know. I'm sorry. How dare you, yeah. sir? <laughs> You'll know why in a minute. It's uh, just like family Christmas. <laughs> exactly. I've already created the first of many, many things. Yeah. Okay, so we've got uh, Olivia Galino. She's the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hey, Olivia. Hello. Also, we've got uh, Jeff Blackwell is up in space. He's a little under the weather because of space plague, but uh, he's graciously agreed to uh, switch the audio for us today. So we're always grateful for Jeff. We're going to send yeah. him some food up in the uh, the pneumatic tube. Also in the ball pit, uh, Ed Ball, who is running our <laughs> video feed. If, uh, if you're watching us, then you see his handiwork. If you're listening to us on the podcast, trust us. It's great. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, folks. Um, yeah, this is our Christmas spectacular. And if you remember from last year, we uh, we spectacularly went around the world culinarily. Mm-hmm. That we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, calorically. Uh, calorically as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, you know, I, I've never m- noticed it, but especially we we <laughs> spent a lot of time in Europe. I think uh, with our around the world, we spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in that part of the world because of the Christmas celebrations there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of carbohydrates in Europe. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did like. I know I did Middle East. You did. Yeah, you did. Right. Poland. Mm-hmm. What did you do? I don't remember what I did. <laughs> You'll have to look that up. Uh, so we were kind of skirting the edge there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we did kind of a rim of of uh, of Europe. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of international, um, I just did a like some little research on how Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. I was like, oh man, Japan. Like I'm sure they've got beautiful. Tra- they eat KFC on Christmas Day. <laughs> Legit you know what KFC. That is? They love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's because they they um they wanted to kind of approximate American mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. You know, and and American kind of Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. And for us, well, that's usually like a turkey. Like the the standard American holiday fare is a turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so um, perhaps the nearest thing that that's American is the KFC. Interesting. And so yeah. a bucket of KFC is, is very. You know what else? They mm-hmm. also have like a, a, a strawberry cake. And yeah. so, in fact, the emoji, the cake emoji that's on your, um, your phone your phone is the Japanese is that Christmas cake. Christmas cake. Mm-hmm. And oh, so I saw this. There. I saw their traditions and I went, hmm, I'll fit right in. <laughs> cake and chicken. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I learned something just now. Yeah. So, uh, at, at any rate, we went around the world last year. We thought we would, uh, would, would bring things in. Mm. And uh, since you're watching us um, in wherever you happen to be, we're in Louisiana. And even though God gifted at least a few of us um, with not having a Louisiana accent, uh, 
Yeah. I'm looking at you, Kathleen. Yeah. <laughs> well, we love it. Well, look, I went, I went to a, a conference in San Antonio, and I, everybody asked me where I was from. And I said, oh, I'm from New Orleans. I don't uh-huh. say Kenner because nobody really knows where Kenner right. is. It's, so it's just easier Orleans, to say yeah. New Orleans. And they said, oh, you don't have an accent. And I said, ooh, wait till I get a little fired up. And then it comes right on out. That's I don't true. have a problem with that, that That's kind right. of accent. That's right. All I got to do is make her mad. Yep. That's, That's right. True. But, of course, usually everybody hears y'all. We say y'all. Yeah. Y'all. Incessantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how people don't say that. Like I was watching a movie the other day and she kept, this character kept, kept saying you guys mm-hmm. and in, in a way that it was very noticeable. And I was like, it's just so much easier. Just yeah. you y'all, yeah. get y'all stuff and let's yeah. go. So this is philologically us from Louisiana. <laughs> but we thought we'd take you culinarily, calorically, uh, calorically. through some of our uh, Louisiana Christmas traditions. And so uh, as we have done last year, um, if you're watching us in the video feed, you'll be able to see uh, some of the things that we've got. And uh, for those of you who are listening to us, we'll describe it to you. Um, the, the thing in the, in the center plate in our table is, uh, is shrimp creole. Yes. Now, creole is one of those things that's, uh, that's very quintessentially Louisiana, even though it's got all these neat little Italian kind of hints to it, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, um, uh, shrimp creole uh, comes with a, is a tomato-based yeah. roux. And then next to it, um, we, we have gumbo. And of course, uh, gumbo is one of those things where um, everybody in Louisiana knows that we eat gumbo, but gumbo comes in so many different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Kathleen, what's uh, the gumbo that you made? So this is just a, a sausage and chicken. And actually, I have to admit, it's not on Dewey sausage because I oh, couldn't yeah. find it. It's just um, standard sausage it's, gumbo. It's just though. standard sausage. But usually cook it with on Dewey sausage, chicken, um, the, tree, the trinity, which is um, onions your, your onion. and bell pepper mm-hmm. and... Garlic. The, yep. Well, garlic's in there, but there's also uh, a third one. Green pepper. Huh? Yep. Or green, that's right. Yeah, bell, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah bell pepper. Yeah, onion, yeah. Green onion, bell pepper. Sure. Onion. Yes. Right? That's how Louisiana we are. <laughs> Did we get it right? It comes in a <laughs> yeah. jar. It does so come. I just it does. Put yeah. It in. Uh, yeah. But, but Did it, I get it right, uh, Jeff? Is that was that right? He doesn't. That's okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Celery. 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 Another green onion. Yeah. Exactly. And so what it is is it's roux based, and so. A lot of people are really nervous about the roux because you have mm-hmm. to watch it. It's yeah. it's equal parts flour and oil, mm-hmm. and you just you you pretty much you cook can't it. do anything else while you're you, no, and you have to continuously stir it. Um, mm-hmm. I have burned um, not many a roux, but mm-hmm. I have burned a good roux, and uh, you know when you've burned it because it it just. It, yeah, it's got the roux stank. Yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. so um so once you get that done, you put all your stuff in and you just let it simmer. Um, and I think that's that's the beauty about uh, gumbo is once you get it going, the longer you can let it simmer, mm-hmm. the better it is. That's some true. people also put I don't do this. This is a very Louisiana thing, but some people um, also make a, uh, a tomato base. It, it it also has a can have a tomato base, but some people also put uh, potato salad on it. Oh yeah, I do that. Yeah. I that's, don't do that. That's I, nasty. I use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank I you. Use, I've seen so many people eat it like that. No. Instead of rice. Um, I kind of choose my starches wisely. I'm just going to have a little sample yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Wise man. moment. Isn't that good? Kathleen. That's why Yay. I ate all of mine before we that. even started. That's my mom really makes it. My, mom, my mom's roux is a little, th- is actually a lot thinner. She makes mm-hmm. a very thin mm-hmm. roux. Um, I like a good, thick, yeah. like, And that's worth stating, too, is that oftentimes we, we pick up our, our parents and our family's recipes. Yeah. And so my, my bet is that this is basically your mom's recipe, it but It is thicker. with a thicker roux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like the thicker roux. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, we, we, we do. We, there are things that, that we eat in Louisiana that, um, like the first cold snap, because we don't really get mm-hmm. winter generally, 
um, the first cold snap you get, you get your gumbo. Mm -hmm. And it's usually chicken and sausage. Mm -hmm. I like seafood gumbo. That's my favorite thing to eat mm -hmm. with all the crab and, and, um, and crawfish yeah. and, and shrimp in it. I the like one that. thing I don't like about seafood gumbo is usually like there's a crab claw stuck in it. Thank you. And I'm like, yes. that's too much work. I just want to spoon it into my mouth. I don't want to spoon it out and crack things. Yeah. And I don't I just want, want to eat additional it. work. Sometimes yeah. I like work. You yeah. know, from working for my food. But also very good. I mean, like, and and your spices, man. Once you, I, I usually don't put a lot of spices in it um, off the, you know, off the bat just because of, I don't know who my, who my mm -hmm. audience is. Yeah. Um, I can go really spicy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, oof, it's so good. And um, I'd be willing to bet mine is not spicy because I, I don't, by default, I don't generally put a whole lot of spice. In fact, I was, I was cooking the, the shrimp creole today. And um, as I'm driving over to the studio, I'm thinking, you know, it was all right, but it was kind of bland. And I realized I hadn't put any salt and pepper in it at all. I didn't, yeah. I didn't actually put any, you know, yeah. things that you're supposed to. I put everything else, but I didn't put it salt happens. and pepper. It does. It happens. It does. But the beautiful thing about like gumbo and shrimp creole is you can do a lot with it while you're in the middle, you know, mm -hmm. you, and even afterwards you can add things to it. And it's a very simple. Is that okay? That's good. Is it? Mm -hmm. it, it yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe now that it's it's sat for a little bit, you know, because you're right. The, the, yeah, the flavors right. come together mm -hmm. over time. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, taste my own. Can I partake I, of the same bowl? Yeah, sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So oh, this now is, you have yours over. Usually we put it over rice, but you have yours over. I have mine over an alternative. Because um, even though, even though you rice is pretty standard, right? Mm -hmm. It's a it's a filling starch. Um, I used a, a quinoa and a couscous. And a miniature chickpea thing, <laughs> like a little pilaf situation. Now, if you remember, a couple of years ago, um, somebody put out like how to make a oh, it was Disney. It was Disney. Yeah. it was Disney. It was Disney. It was horrendous. It was like the world yeah. was melting. Yeah, it was like let's put <laughs> kale in this and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you don't you know, put and kale it was in like gumbo. no, 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 mm -hmm. no. And people were like, Louisiana people were in an uproar, losing an their minds, uproar about just the ridiculousness of what they were putting in this gumbo. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, gumbo by its very nature is a lot of things. Right. You know, and you put you can put odds and ends in there and mm -hmm. you it's know, a, a lot of people dish. Yeah, a lot That's of people right. put okra in there, you know, tomatoes, whatever. In one um, of my parishes they would put chicken and sausage and seafood and anything else they could mm. find. That was just that's the way it's done locally. Yep. It really was, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen people put duck, alligator. I, I've had a, a really good duck gumbo yeah. before. Mm -hmm. Um, but really, the the whole tradition of, of gumbo is kind of it's, it's whatever you got mm -hmm. that goes into the pot. Yeah, um, especially yeah. leftovers. I know a lot of people who make um, Thanksgiving or big holiday leftover like a turkey yeah. and sausage yeah. gumbo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And then of course, uh, gumbo is just kind of a standard roux. Yeah. Right. It's it's just the oil and the flour stirred together, and then you put those vegetables in there, mm -hmm. the celery and the onions and the green and the bell pepper, mm -hmm. and then you you stir that together. And then you add uh, you add stock, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, mine has chicken stock in it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And mine, I believe, I had some some shrimp stock. So what we're gonna do is uh, take stock just a moment because you're listening to the Christmas spectacular of the Catholic Underground. Yes, you have found the Catholic Underground Christmas Spectacular. I found the smooth grooves. Yeah, the smooth grooves, the Did Vince Guaraldi inspired. <laughs> I am Father Chris Decker, joined by uh, by these ladies who are 
just man, you were just murdering the food here. Look at that. I mean, I, I hey, no judgment. No, there's no judgment here. Not at all. Not at all. Why are you eating fast? I'm I'm amazed. I'm, I'm Father Chris. You got Kathleen and Olivia, and Jeff yeah. in space, and Ed. This is so good. And and so we've been talking about food for the first uh, for the first part of the show, and we might talk a little bit more in just a second about it. But you know, uh, as is probably the same in your house, we we come together around a table very often during the holidays, and so we thought we'd um we talk a little bit about um, enjoying your family. You know, whether it's your in-laws or, or other family members, because oftentimes when we go to folks' house, we just kind of endure the, the, the family members that sure. we maybe don't particularly want to be around. Because that, that's, let's be honest, there's always that, right? Mm-hmm. But as a Christian, um, there's a little bit more to it, to what we're called to do, right? Yeah. Uh, Christmas miracles are possible in that sense. And so as we drink our Louisiana-inspired Sazerac, which of mm-hmm. course is rye whiskey and absinthe and bitters and simple syrup, um, with a little good. orange twist, yeah. We thought we'd talk about enduring, and 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 no, um, uh, a constant stream of Sazerac is not the way to endure <laughs> and enjoy your family. You mm-hmm. know. Well, I will say I'm winning this contest too. Oh, uh, yeah, you sure are. Good heavens, Olivia! We need to get you some water. She had to eat so that she <laughs> could. Wow. She okay. Could. I have right. a stomach full of gumbo and shrimp creole. That's now, true. So you got yeah. You got some something right. to absorb it. Yeah. You win. So so we we thought we'd uh, we kind of go through some of the, the you know ideas here yeah. for, for enduring and enjoying your, your family members. Um, leave last year at the door. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is not easy to do mm-hmm. because what, what often happens, and this is, happens in life in general, but especially when we're going to, to the front door, we think about the things that happened, you know? Yeah. Um, but this is something that we can bring into our own prayers to say, Lord, help me leave the ghost of Christmas's past mm-hmm. in the back. Yeah, just, just heal the memories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even, I think it's a good uh, suggestion to to leave just the last interaction that you might have had with that person, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether that was last year or just maybe it was the last time you talked to them on the phone, and maybe yeah. it didn't end so hot. Right. You can still come to the Christmas gathering and be like, "All right, so yeah, we still got our beef to work out, but I'm gonna sit and we're gonna eat cake together, and it's gonna be a good time." That's yeah. right. Uh, as uh, as it says in in the um, Alatea article. Um, you know, there's already so much emotional baggage around for the holidays that uh, the best idea is to just kind of pack light when it comes to friction with your yeah. with your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, an open, flexible attitude is a big big advantage. Um, also, think of your of your relatives as interesting guests and not family. Mm. Have you ever thought about like? I mean, in some sense, you can kind of remove yourself, but but you're still called to engage within your family. But think about them as interesting guests. So if they're coming over to your house, to truly be interested in them, you yeah. know, um, it, it's hard to to endure, uh, let alone enjoy time with somebody that you've already dismissed as that bum, yeah, <laughs> or that battle axe, you know. <laughs> yeah, we we do. We kind of assign these names, and then we don't go any farther. Mm-hmm. But maybe this year. Make an opportunity to get to know people. Mm-hmm. Uh, really look at them and listen to them. In fact, it might freak them out a little bit. You yeah. know, um, it's just like you would if you're just being introduced to somebody. That would be that's something. an interesting concept, though. I mean, I I think for me, I get sometimes a little frazzled when I'm talking to people that I've known for years to ask them questions mm-hmm. that. I feel like maybe I should already know. I should already know oh, the answers yeah. to. And yeah. so it's like, can I ask that? Like, what is it that you actually do? Because mm-hmm. that's not at all what I thought it was. Yeah. And I feel almost embarrassed to ask that question. I, as, as a, as a teacher and I, I, 
I forget things all the time. And the best thing that I, you know, run into or, or the best thing that I've used is remind me again. Mm. And yeah. then as soon as I say it, I'm like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You you did work at that. You are working at that bank. I remember you saying that. But, you know, but to be able to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I have no idea. But remind <laughs> me again. And then you, you know, then you can engage in that conversation. Yeah. Oftentimes um, people uh, like to talk about themselves. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. they, they want to talk about what they've been doing because they're proud of it, you know, yeah. or if it's, if it's something that's on the, the suffering angle. Uh, they want to talk a little bit about the crosses they're bearing. Yeah. And sometimes if we can go, oh, man, they're they're just going to talk about X, Y, Z, we can actually, as Christians, enter into that walk to Calvary with them a little bit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, there, There's a difference maybe between enabling something that may not be healthy for the discussion, but there's a way of... There's a way of kind of encouraging them by saying, I'm, I'm interested in where you are in your yeah. life, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, also... Um, uh, Ask them to teach you how to do at least one thing the way they do it. Hmm. This can be really interesting and important for for passing on yeah. uh, traditions. You know, like uh, you know, remind me again of of how you make your your gumbo, yeah. or or how do you how do you make your we'll talk about it in a second bread pudding. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody in every family, whether you're in Louisiana or in all points in between, everybody has their special ways in which sure. they make mm. their stuff. Sure. And uh, and so what we're gonna do is take a little bit of a break. And, uh, and, uh, oh, I didn't see the one there. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was, I thought I had to go to a break, but you see, uh, we don't. So I'm going to take a little break and eat. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I yeah. found about like, about asking somebody the way that they do it is a lot of people come to Christmas, especially if you're uh, like in a, in a blended family, maybe it's, um, you know, in-laws or, you know, just new people. Everybody has their own Christmas specialty right they make this one thing or they do this one thing and Mm -hmm. they do it you know this is their thing Mm -hmm. and so there's always competing back and forth Um, but yeah to say hey i i love your bread pudding yeah Mm -hmm. tell me how you make that right you know and then like i love when people ask me how i make things i'm like oh well you know (laughs) i did this and i added a little bit of that well yeah because people are proud of of the things that they've made too not just the things they've done yeah and and so that's a a really cool thing too and i like i like learning new recipes Mm yeah and and of course in louisiana we like talking about food every 15 minutes yeah so and so if nothing else that can be a basis of of renewed relationship with somebody yeah Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and and there's all i mean there's always a family member that is kind of like a a sleeper culinary hit. Mm-hmm. You're, like, you're like, cousin so-and-so made that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But she's a corporate research analyst. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's always a cool thing. Yeah. To, and they're like, oh, out. yeah, I've been make, uh, you know, I do this in my spare time and, you know, I'm pretty much should be on some kind of baker's challenge, you know, TV yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, thank them for the wonderful things that they've contributed to your spouse, your sibling, or your child. Mm. And that might be specifically um, for your in-laws, you know. But gratitude is a very powerful stress breaker. Yeah. And, um, you know, oftentimes we think about just giving and receiving physical gifts, mm-hmm. right? you know, things that are wrapped. But but gratitude, actual gratitude, is one of the greatest gifts that we can give. And if it's an in-law or a relative that that has helped your family in some way by raising and loving your loved ones, mm-hmm. make time. Uh, over the course of your your Christmas celebration, to really let them know, yeah, you know, yeah, that's I think that's really important um, for people to be to be recognized and for you to to you know to recognize them because I know um, you know I'm not married but I do have my, my brother is married and and um, and when that family comes together I think a lot of people. 
and not intentionally, mm-hmm. you know, but there it's like, oh, where where is my space? You know, mm-hmm. where is my space in this new you yeah. know, family. Um, and so to be able to say, Hey, you know, I really want to thank you. Like, uh, you know, um, my mother-in-law went and stayed with, uh, not my mother-in-law, my brother's mother-in-law mm-hmm. went and stayed with my sister-in-law. Um, she was, you know, to help her out and you know, just to be able to say, Hey, I really appreciate you being there for when we, we couldn't, I couldn't take off mm-hmm. the time yeah. you know, work. And, yeah. um, but just to be there and just to say, Hey, that was really, I mean, she's going to do it anyway. That's her mom. But, mm-hmm. Um, just to be recognized is, is I think, important. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and complimenting people, you know, <laughs> makes, makes them smile. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what they say, right? If, if, you're, if you're smiling, it releases endorphins, you know, the, the feel-good uh, uh, chemicals and things is. like that. And that can be helpful, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know about you. I mean, some families are just kind of naturally, you know, uh, um, uh, friction-oriented. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But if you're making the the um, the advance to say I'm I'm going to smile and mean the smile I'm going to mean everything behind it sure yeah that is also very contagious mm-hmm. you know um, there are always people who can manipulate things but if you don't allow the manipulation to take place and you're just simply you're there authenticity goes a long way too mm-hmm. yeah and and if nothing else uh, it may not have fruit immediately but after the Christmas celebration when you're gone the family members are going to go. Something was different. There was something that was different. Yeah. We maybe some of us responded the same way, but something was different. Yeah. Well, I think authenticity and intentionality, it's kind of what I've been thinking about as y'all are talking. Just the idea of noticing, taking the, the mental time to notice in a moment what someone is doing for someone else or yeah. to think back about what someone has done for someone else that mm-hmm. you love, that you care about. And then to, to make that effort to go out of yourself and say, hey, I remember that thing. I noticed this thing. And good on you for doing it. So right. thank you. And, and cause that's a lot of effort that it takes someone to do. It also takes a lot of intentionality to go through those motions and then to put it into words. Yeah. And someone receives that. And that's why they're so touched by that. Cause we're like, Oh wow. Like they saw that I did that and right. that means yeah. something and they're touched by that meaning. Um, and then, you know, the cycle can continue. Yeah. Yep. Intention- oh, sorry. I'll, I was going to say it. intentionality is such a good word because a lot of times, uh, the word that we associate with with holidays is um, endurance. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to endure this time, and yeah. I, you know, I'm going to show up late and leave early and collect my, you know, my gifts and yeah. peace out of there. Um, but to 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 really spend that day or that time, yeah. and and not just waiting it out, but being intentional about what you say, what you do. Um, yep. And these are holy days, right? Yeah. You can say happy holidays and not be part of the war on Christmas it, mm-hmm. because it's, it means holy days. And part of making the day holy is not just the liturgy you attend, mm-hmm. but it's what you do after and before it sure. too, uh, which of course leads us to that last one. Hold your tongue and pray. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is lift up the situation in prayer yeah. because it, there may not be any, <laughs> any easy answer, huh? So mm-hmm. don't take the bait of sarcasm. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, talk smack, you know, (laughs) don't, don't, uh, exchange an insult for an insult, but, uh, but it's okay to swallow and to, to smile authentic, authentically and to say, you know, this is, I'm I'm not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. And and you can actually do that in a way that doesn't come across as being pretentious Mm -hmm. and doesn't come across as being holier than now, but rather, you know, you're not, you're not getting caught up in all those, those signals and negative patterns and things. Um, I think something that I that I realized over as I grow older, and I you know 
my family's come together and uh, you know every year it's like oh my gosh you know what are we, is this gonna who's who's bringing the drama this time and you know I'm sure they're gonna say this and you know as I grow older the realization that um, holidays really like as beautiful as they are um, and as fun as they are and you know I've, I've been listening to Christmas music after Thanksgiving uh-huh. thank you right, right. Uh, but you know I've been listening to Christmas music this whole time um, they really can be difficult for people mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, those who in your family who um, have suffered a, a loss of a loved one mm-hmm. um, those who um, you know maybe just are struggling with life mm-hmm. um, maybe they're they're not doing well at their job maybe they don't like their job maybe there's you know struggles within their immediate family I mean just the realization that you know all the the you know, the prickliness that I encounter comes from somewhere. Right. Uh, you know, and, and if, if I can do anything to alleviate that for somebody else, just for those few hours that we're together, mm-hmm. um, you know, then I can do that. And mm-hmm. that's something that I can, I can actively and intentionally do, Yeah. you know, but just to have the realization that that comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and to be real about not using um, your, your visit for the holiday as an opportunity to air these grievances. Sure. Right. I, yeah. I realize how Festivus is supposed to work, you know, the airing of grievances yeah. around the metal pole. But, <laughs> but, but maybe save some of those confrontations, right? If, if you're going to actually have to have a difficult discussion with somebody... Don't do it at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. you know? Don't do it in in that in that sacred space that you're creating for yourself with your mm-hmm. family. Um, obviously, you shouldn't tolerate bullying or abuse or anything like that. But but don't get caught up in 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 the stuff that you know yeah. is the water cooler talk. You want to make sure that your cooler head prevails. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes that's um that's well after New Year's. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you have the opportunity to to talk it through. Sure. Um, and then, of course, uh, we, we, lest we forget about asking the intercession of the saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, saints Anne and Joachim, those two great uh, saints of, of uh, our mother Mary. And then, of course, uh, the Holy Family themselves, Mary and Joseph. And, uh, and the incarnate one, the incarnate mm-hmm. child Jesus, uh, whom we celebrate uh, on Christmas. Invite them into your family. Um, I always say whenever I go into a family celebration... Lord, make this family a holy family. Mm. You know, don't just make me holy. Don't just, you know, don't just show us your holiness, Lord, but make us holy. Make our family holy. Because what's supposed to happen, the reason that families exist on earth is to image the holy family. Mm-hmm. That's the reason there's there's love between couples. It's the reason there's love between husband and wife. It's the reason there's love between families is so that we can show in this earth, while we're here, that the Trinity is active and present mm. and the incarnate one does have activity in our soul mm-hmm. and in our families too so yeah. yeah those are those are just some thoughts about uh about maybe um not just surviving but rather enjoying your, mm-hmm. your loved ones because that's important it's important for us to do um i know that uh that we're, we're going to be talking about our picks of the week in a little while we've also got um i got some more food for you too Ooh. uh yeah absolutely and uh, and of course uh, we we have in our in our place setting um, uh, some some fizzy water because you know some people are of Italian extraction mm. and so so that's me that's right I love how your shot is framed by all the bottles. there is a yeah. lot of there are a lot of bottles that's true Just strictly uh, bottles if you yes, watched last Andy. week's show we talked about gifts for clergy you know and alcohol mm. being one of those things and well sure enough yeah uh, here it is uh, yeah, that's there right. it yeah. is everybody likes a a nice little bottle of something every now and then. <laughs> uh, so at any rate uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a break but make sure you stick with us because there's more right after this.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by <laughs> Jeff Blackwell and Olivia Galino and Kathleen Lee. Our picks of the week are, in fact, coming up. Um, but, you know, I thought we'd take just a, a little bit of a, a, a shot here All at right. uh, talking about dessert. Ooh, um, my favorite. Because, yeah, because, you know, so we talked about our, our pre-prandials, right? The Sazerac, the mm-hmm. quintessential New Orleans cocktail. And um, we, we talked about um, about the, the wine, of course. There's usually wine at every at every dinner, right? Yeah. We, uh, one would hope. One would hope. But eventually you get through the entree, the main course. Uh, we, we don't actually, our vegetables, I promise, are in the yeah, food. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't have mm-hmm. any and sides. Yeah. You see the parsley. That's all There's green. There's parsley. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's green things involved. Yeah. And so, and so a, a very quintessential Louisiana dessert, mm-hmm. especially during the holidays, is bread pudding. Oh, it is so good. And and bread pudding, I don't know, Olivia, what's it made of? Because Olivia made our bread pudding for our Christmas spectacular. I did. Oh. And I will, you know, full confession, I tried to make pecan pralines, and that is the correct way to pronounce that. Yeah, praline. I tried yeah, to make those pecan yes. pralines. Um, tried to make them, and it just didn't work out in a spectacular way. We'll just put it like that. that. That's so. even, pralines are even harder to make than a roux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they're hard, you, and it's, it it depends on the weather too. Yeah, and like today was to probably be... not a good day for praline making because it was very humid and and yeah. uh, yucky outside. But it's it was okay. like it it's was right. everything was good, and then there was a ten second window yep. where everything went south, and yep. I mm-hmm. I it, anyway it happens. But bread pudding <laughs> is just amazingly and wonderfully easy. Now, also delicious. Is is it correct that the best bread puddings? Are the ones with with bread that's old? Yeah, yeah. You want your bread to be stale um, because then you let it soak. Depends on the recipe, but you let it soak in a kind of milk, cream, sugar, cinnamon mix, and you want it to be able to soak up all of that. Um, but also, the soak helps it to soften the bread a little bit. If you put new bread in a bowl uh, and with all of that stuff in it, it's it already would, moist. It would, yeah. So. Oh, I hate that word. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> like yeah. trying to keep my composure and I couldn't do it. Uh, you the yes the bread is already fresh uh, yeah, <laughs> like right. that there's a lot of water um, content in it already yeah and so you would either run the risk of it just not soaking in enough of that taste uh, of the spices the the cinnamon and sugar and all of that or um, you would let it soak too long and then it gets soggy so yeah. you do want your bread to be a little stale and you can do that even just by leaving bread out overnight if you wanted to make it the next day you mm-hmm. would just leave it out not in a ziploc bag or anything just let it kind of right. air out kind of like stale. the bread that I brought I, I brought bread that was baked yesterday. But it's, yeah, and so this would be perfect. Yeah, yeah this would, I'm going to put my fingers on it, but this okay, would be yeah. perfect bread pudding bread. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, Round really, two, anyone? That's right, exactly. That's, that's pre-bread pudding is what that is, yeah. We, French bread is one of those things that, that we have all the time in, mm-hmm. in Louisiana food. And, oh, um, would you like some, Catherine? Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, no, you can oh, serve what? it up. So, so the bread pudding is there, I'll but uh, but there's also something else that the bread pudding is traditionally served with. Yes. Right? So, and, and the sauce can vary. So this is a rum sauce. It's a it's a hot buttered rum sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, but hot butter and rum. That's my <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Three words. things. That, no. Um, but maybe you, that would be the Hallmark movie part two, right? <laughs> After Swiss Guard, my heart is Guard my heart hot with hot butter rum. <laughs> I like it. I like the way you're going. Yeah, there. yeah. Oh, we got yeah. your back, Kathleen. Thank you. That's Appreciate nice, you. It's a nice right. version for the sing- the sequel. Yeah. Um, so this one has rum in it, and I did use I use dark um, Louisiana rum. I'm gonna move our little fryer. Yeah, here. we have a fryer that's um, our our bottle cover for another bottle of wine. There. Um, here you go, Kathleen. Keeping vigil over the. The hot butter rum sauce. Yeah, it's really good when it's yeah, fresh and there's, it's, it's there's still fresh. Absolutely nothing healthy about this. Um, oh my! But yeah, other sauces can have um, bourbon or brandy, or some of them are just non-alcoholic. This recipe Boo. has rum in the bread pudding and in the sauce oh, because it's who doesn't love rum not? at Christmas? Yeah. I know. I, uh, I I've been so interested in the bread pudding, I'm not keeping an eye on the clock here. <laughs> so, <laughs> that that's a good show, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh my goodness. Is it good? It is very good. Okay. I didn't have a chance to taste it. I just took it out of the oven and I took came it. For those of you listening on our podcast uh, or on the radio, um, this is it's a it's a it's a very 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 kind of um, sugary you know Mm -hmm. um, sauce. Yeah. Well, that's it's cooled a little bit. Yeah. You need to have it hot. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Thank you. But but it's in the bread pudding, which is a perfect consistency because. You you want it to kind of some, be somewhere between a custard mm-hmm. and and an actual like a piece of bread. So right. there's this kind of and it has it has like I said um, that milk and egg mixture that does mm-hmm. make it kind of custard. So you have to bake it just long enough so that it sets um, and it's not too wobbly. It's not too runny. Yeah. Um, but not so long that it becomes dry because then no sauce can save it. Um, <laughs> I think there true. might actually be tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> Oh, bread, my gosh. bread pudding. Would you say bread pudding is like really thick French toast? Well, it depends it's, on it's just bread. not a brioche. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually brioche. I made this of with brioche. Yeah. Well, well, I believe in good bread, so yeah. I made my bread pudding with brioche. So it's an it's, egg-based bread too. Yeah. And some people <laughs> like to put raisins in it. Oh no, no, Preach no, no raisins, no tomato, but Mm-mm. no tomatoes, no potato salad, no. Right. Actually, this recipe that I used did call for raisins, and I was like, and they didn't even put the word optional behind it, and I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> so just Excuse me. What you, did there. No. you know, and I have to say, I've had bread pudding with and without raisins, and sometimes the raisins are, are unwelcome surprises in the yeah. bread pudding. They kind of get in the way of the flavors. Yeah. There have been a couple of times where maybe they put like black currants or something in the bread pudding, hmm. and it had a different consistency than a raisin, and I enjoyed it more. Hmm. Kind of like when you encounter a blueberry in a blueberry muffin, and it, oh, yeah, okay. it kind of, it kind of, you know, just ever so slightly explodes, mm-hmm. a little yep. burst of flavor. Hmm. Raisins don't always do that because they're already dried out, yeah. and even though they do and get nasty. a little, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't even mind raisins. Like I actually am probably one of the five people on the planet who enjoys a good oatmeal raisin cookie, mm-hmm. but in bread pudding, you just got to keep it pure. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. Well, there it is. That's my um, bread pudding, and I've eaten that in record time. So good. You know, we thought Yay. we'd talk a, a little bit too about um, there. There once were times where presidents of the United States would 
do like a fireside chat for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, President Truman um, gave several addresses um, in the 1940s and 1945 at the lighting of the National Community Christmas Tree on the White House grounds, because they still do that. Mm-hmm. Listen to some of the things that he said, all right? A war-weary world will find true peace by turning to Christ. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. He says, um, this is the Christmas that a war-weary world has prayed for, uh, for uh, through long and awful years. With peace come joy and gladness. The gloom of the war fades uh, as once more we light the National Community Christmas Tree. We meet in the spirit of the first Christmas when the midnight choir sang the hymn of joy, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Those are sorts of things that we don't often hear, mm-hmm. uh, certainly not by, by leaders, because everybody, I guess, is trying to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really interesting to hear, to hear that, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, President Truman said, In love, which is the very essence of the message of the Prince of Peace, the world would find a solution for all of its ills. I do not believe there is one problem in this country or in the world today which could not be settled if approached the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. Wow. The poet's wow. dream, the lesson of priest and patriarch, and the prophet's vision of a new heaven and new earth are all summed up in the message delivered in the Judean hills beside the Sea of Galilee. Would that the world would accept that message in this time of greatest need. It's a very wow. beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, I don't know who his speechwriter was, but, but that's also very theologically sound. Too. Yeah, that's you exactly know? what I was thinking. I mean, this is a far cry from people trying to espouse holiday trees nowadays. Yeah. And just, you know, we want to have our Christmas things, but we can't offend anyone. Right, and, and that's, that's just not the way things are supposed to be yeah. because, you know, Christmas doesn't offend anybody. Right, <laughs> yeah, Christmas. do you have yeah. your convictions? Yeah. Convict with them. That's right, exactly, yeah. So, but really kind of a neat thing, mm-hmm. yeah. as it were. It's interesting, you know, I'm thinking as, I, as I'm hearing some of this, um, you know, how in difficult times in our country, you see people return to faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, I'm thinking right. just in my mind, like 9-11, mm-hmm. how many people were gathered in churches, mm-hmm. you know, just across. And so, like, so we're, we're such a funny people because, yeah. like, oh, none of that matters. And, you know, Jesus and uh, malarkey. And, mm-hmm. and then when it comes down to it, or, you know, when people are, you know, how many times do we hear of deathbed conversions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, it really is important. So why mm-hmm. at these moments, you know, when, when you know, when we look around and we may say, man, this world has just gone yeah. in well, the garbage. You know, do, why is it in those moments that we return and, and we don't just live that every day? Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and we're very much hardwired for, for the divine. We, mm-hmm. we know that we talk about that all year long in the mm-hmm. Catholic underground. And uh, it's it's those moments usually of crisis where where uh, we don't have any insulation on the wiring. It's an exposed mm-hmm. wire, <laughs> and we go immediately to to the, a source of faith, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, that's what uh, President Truman was speaking to uh, at the at the end of the war, and um, and all of those uh, those those moments. And uh, it's it's interesting that as a president, he 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 moves to to Christ, mm-hmm. uh, just naturally moves to Christ. Um, he says, with our enemies vanquished, we must gird ourselves for the work that lies ahead. Peace has its victories no less hard won than success at arms. We must not fail or falter. We must strive without ceasing to make real the prophecy of Isaiah. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against the nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. He mm-hmm. quotes Isaiah. And I think, you know, even though we're not officially in the midst of a world war you know mm-hmm. um there there are things happening on all sides of us mm-hmm. and we would do well to listen to to these post-war exhortations from mm-hmm. a president sure. you know 
um, so that perhaps we will not repeat those things again. Excellent. Because if there's, if there's peace in the heart of, of each individual human being, then war has no foothold. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't allow Satan the, the, the way in, well, then he doesn't come in, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think we forget that. And, and those are the sorts of things, too, that, that really make our family gatherings at Christmas all the more important. Mm-hmm. And that's why the family table shouldn't be a war ground. Sure, right, absolutely. Because yeah. those are the places that are supposed to model the crash at Bethlehem, mm-hmm. you know. And even I've I've heard people talk about the family table as a kind of domestic liturgy. So if the yeah. if the family is um, a little church, um, is the the domestic church, then we we treat coming together in, as as a family to a to a table to a meal and breaking bread together. We treat that as a kind of liturgy, mm-hmm. and um, and so it really is a sacred space. Um, so we come to it with that sense of reverence of you know this is who we are. We're bonded together, and we come to share this meal as a family. Then we treat each other with reverence, um, and it's almost like we can we can apply the messages that Harry Truman's talking about, but then essentially the messages, the messages of Christ, the messages of the scriptures and of the of the tradition, we apply those before things get out of hand and then things maybe won't get out of hand. That's right. Um, you apply that on a more global scale, then maybe that's some kind of antidote to, to war, some kind of uh, solution for peace. Mm-hmm. And it's not often that you hear a, a, a president talking teleologically, mm-hmm. but uh, President Truman said, In this day, whether it be far or near, the kingdoms of this world shall indeed become the kingdom of God, and he will reign forever and ever. Lord of lords, King of kings, with that message, I wish my countrymen a Merry Christmas and joyous days in the new year. Wow. That's a, a really beautiful sentiment, too, that he recognizes that um, just like we celebrate during Advent, the end is near. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not only is Christ coming at Christmas, but Christ comes for us. Yeah. And, and so there very, is very much a, a rejoice, the Lord is near. Uh, be not terrified because the Lord is terrifying, um, but, but be overjoyed that he is coming for you, mm. you know. I had a little intuition of being earlier this week when I was just considering, you know, there is going to come a time where I am not, you know, mm. where, where I'm not on earth anymore. And it really, it really uh, at first it kind of chilled me. And then, and then I had a moment where I, I did. I had to kind of go through in my own mind, in my own heart, in my prayer, uh, the, the creed. Like, Lord, what do I believe? And it was a real kind of moment of, of, uh, of meeting the mm-hmm. Lord again. And uh, I always kind of laugh that those sorts of things happen in concert with the liturgical season, mm-hmm. you know. And so then you arrive at Gaudete Sunday, uh, which is the third Sunday in, in Advent, where the Lord is, um, is reminding us in the, in the liturgy where, where Violet, kind of softens to, to Rose, mm. that, that this is a moment to rejoice as the president kind of paraphrases, that there is going to be a time where the King of King and Lord of Lords does assume his throne forever, mm-hmm. when everything that is evil is put against put under his feet. And those are the things that we pray for. And, and we pray for that in our families, we pray for it in our country, and certainly uh, with all of our uh, fellow human beings on earth, you know? Um, yeah, and that's mm. a beautiful thing. Um, I, I know I'm going to I'm going to gaze up into space for a moment uh, and make sure my, my timing is okay. Uh, so I, so I'm just I've got five minutes until the pick of the week, and so with that five minutes, I'm going to take another little sip of my Sazerac. All right. It, I, the drink's okay. It was yeah. delicious. Oh, it was no. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw. Did what I was talk about left. I talked about what was in the Sazerac, and um, you know uh, at the beginning of the show, Ed was asking me about, um, are you using real absinthe? Mm-hmm. And you can get it, actually. You can get absinthe. Uh, what they do is they take the, 
the additive agreement, uh, uh, or I should say, the additive ingredient that caused the um, psychotropic yeah. hallucinations uh, <laughs> for folks like uh, Van Gogh and mm-hmm. you know various philosophers. That's not there anymore. Mm. But but if you've never had absinthe, it's um, it's uh, basically a, an anise flavored, mm-hmm. uh, a fennel flavored um, liqueur. Yeah. And, uh, and it provides the aromatics. So you just kind of, that's why I use an atomizer, those little spritzer. I think I have yeah. it. Hold on. Oh, that was really fun. Yeah. It's in the, yeah, it's, it's in the it's midst in of your yeah. bottles. Yeah. Before so, you got here, yeah. Kathleen, he spritzed yeah. that in the air. And so and I then... spritzed it in the glass. And so uh. then it just kind of coats mm-hmm. the, it coats the, uh, the outside or the inside of the glass. And so your nose does the work as you're, mm-hmm. as you're drinking ah. it. And then it combines with the, the rye whiskey. Um, and the and the simple syrup, you know that's what it, you know. Talk about the smell of of this is a weird. I don't know, maybe this might be weird, but um, <laughs> welcome to Catholic. I know. Um, that's <laughs> what I love about the about the South is uh, is you know alcohol is a part of our of our culture. Yeah. In moderation, of course. Right. Sure. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, in, in my family, you know, that's part of our holiday celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is a good. Um, a good Southern drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I, when An I, old fashioned yeah. or, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I, you know, when I smell these drinks, I'm like, oh man, it brings me back it, to a it place. It transports you. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, disclaimer, we have, we're, I'm not out of control. We're not out of control in my family, mm-hmm. but you know, it is part of our celebration. No, and, and that's, and, and that's, I mean, I think sometimes in the United States, we give ourselves a, a bad rap, sure. you know, for, for enjoying a sip of anything, some of our, our Puritan roots, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, to enjoy good drink, um, with people that you love, mm-hmm. there is a moment of, of, of secular communion there. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, there really mm-hmm. is. And, and so oftentimes it's, yeah, I, we, I do uh, associate, sometimes drinks with with certain people or with sure. certain experiences mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's a beautiful thing obviously um uh, the reason that we're we're coming on the air um uh, with with uh, alcohol in hand <laughs> is is because we know that this is this is a part this is an authentic part mm-hmm. of what it is to to be uh, to be catholic mm-hmm. and to enjoy the presence of one another mm-hmm. you know obviously yeah please do uh, eat and drink yeah. in moderation <laughs> yeah. you know in my, in my family my grandfather likes what's called uh, early times and oh it's, early it's, times it's really, that bourbon it is yeah. really cheap. <laughs> Early times makes the best mint julep, mm-hmm. though. Well, really? well, yeah. he loves. I mean, he loves it. And then my my uncle Larry, um, who just recently passed away, and, oh. but they would go back and forth because he would. He loved the expensive drinks. Oh, you know? of course. And so they would go back and forth. and it was just a, a point of you know we just had his memorial service and so we were joking just about. You know that point of of you know they got together and every time they were commenting on each other what each other was drinking, mm-hmm. you know and um, so so it, you know it even becomes part of your dis- your discussion your memories yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely so so you know I, I'm reminded of Hilaire Belloc mm-hmm. who said um, you know uh, let's see if I can remember it well I've had it almost a Sazerac huh mm-hmm. um, wherever the Catholic sun doth shine there's always good food and good red wine at least I've always heard it so. Benedictus Domino, <laughs> you know, and and of course uh, Aquinas himself, Saint Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. says, drink to the point of being happy, mm-hmm. and it's important. Yeah, you, yeah. We, the, the wine is made to cheer men's heart, mm-hmm. you know, and of course that's also why Jesus uses it in the Eucharist too. Is mm-hmm. that there's a very real connection um, that it is a it is a, it a uh, there's work that's involved in making it, mm-hmm. and it's then offered to the Lord, mm-hmm. and uh, all alcohols are work mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yeah 
They've certainly a, cheered our hearts. Exactly. And enjoy a good gift. Huh? Um, and certainly we, we have some after dinner drinks too. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll enjoy that after the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll, we might talk about it. I don't know. But but maybe, Jeff, uh, I, I guess it, it might very well be time for that part of the show that we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. All righty. Yeah. Uh, I should just go ahead and, and let you know the, the reason that um, that I'm asking for, for time cues so often is because we have a clock here, but we're actually running on um, on our own little uh, suspended clock. Uh, and, and Jeff holds the keys to the kingdom there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we're, we're we're doing OK, but uh, we're actually we're recording this for you. Um, and so it's uh, it's just a little a little behind the scenes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not just because I've had a Sazerac, I promise. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, for that's our pick of the week, that's only a part. That's only a part of it. Yeah. And so for our pick of the week, uh, how about Kathleen? You, you got one sure. for us? Yeah, yeah, I have one. Um, you know, I a couple of um, years ago, I was looking at some rosaries, and I was like, man, these are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little crafty. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, you are. Sometimes in more ways a, than one. Sometimes to a fault. I mean, my apartment right now is uh, looks like a glitter bomb exploded in it. Oh. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> a uh, Hobby Lobby travesty. It, it, I've been to Hobby Lobby twice oh. in the past three days, and there's only one <laughs> Hobby Lobby in New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. But anyway, <laughs> so um, so a couple years ago, I was looking at rosaries, and I thought, man, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, could, I think I might be able to do this. Yeah. And so I started making rosaries. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, this is this is great. And then I wanted to find um, more unique pieces. Uh-huh. And so I've been looking all over for um, just unique, uh, the middle pieces mm-hmm. and crucifixes and, um, and, and beads and such. And um, there, there, there was just pretty much the standard, the standard out there. And so a couple of days ago I um, stumbled upon this um this etsy shop and if you're not familiar with etsy etsy is a um a place where people who make crafts user generated yeah yeah. yeah. can sell their crafty things and Mm -hmm. it's awesome and it is awesome awesome. and i i stumbled upon this uh it's caritas dei um llc and you can find them on you can find them on um etsy but they also have their But they also have a website, just caritasday.com. And it's beautiful, beautiful, and not really expensive. They do have some really unique um, and more expensive metals. Um, But, um, for example, um, and because she's going to get this, uh, she won't know. Um, I'm making a a rosary for a friend of mine, and I needed a St. Joan of Arc. And Mm. I wanted to incorporate her in that some way without, um, you know, without losing our our lady or replacing our lady. Mm -hmm. I found a beautiful um, middle piece. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I ordered that it's in, it's beautiful. Um, I'm super excited to, to make that rosary. Yeah. Um, but Caritas day, if you're, if you are crafty, if you ever look at something and you go, I could do that. You can, because if I can, you can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is. I think rosary making is one of those things. that's a, a fairly easy entry item yeah. mm-hmm. into Catholic crafting or crafting yeah. of any kind. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm always, I'm always, I'm a gift giver. So I'm always looking for something that means something to somebody. Oh yeah. Like I don't just want to pick up a rosary, you know, that's beautiful and give it to somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. Those are good. But if I can make something with a special, you know, with a special metal or special, or special colors, you know, um, I, I feel like that, that is, is better for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's Kathleen. Her her love language is awesome because Aww. she gives really good gifts. Thanks. She does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Olivia, how about your pick of the week? Sorry, I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got chicken in my mouth here. 
Um, so my pick of the week, I was inspired by this roaring fire behind Kathleen. Oh, yes. oh that's right. We Floating do. We, we, we brought out the fireplace for this Christmas right. spectacular. Which is why it's, it's so little, warm in here. It's a little warm in here. It is, it is actually kind of warm in here. Um, <laughs> so my pick of the week was recommended to me by another um, person associated with Catholic Radio and, and the Catholic Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Toward the Gleam by T.M. Oh, Dorn. Yeah. So I went on a trip a few weeks ago um, to be um, to, to be there for my, my niece, now my goddaughter's baptism. Oh. And um, and this was the book that I brought with me because I was like, you know what? I'm going to force myself to read fiction. I don't do it that often, but this book has been sitting on my coffee table for six months and no more. It's not and thick either. It's a short. It's a, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a, I mean, it's a, it's a medium-sized yeah. tome. Um, but I was just like, I, I didn't really know much about it. And I thought, okay, why not? And this book is fantastic. Um I didn't know really much going going into it what it, what it was about, but it's this. Um, T. M. Dorn is a professor, uh, not associated with literature or theology at all, um, but he's been working on this book for I, th- I want to say decades. Yeah. Um, and the the fruit of that is really uh, incredible. So the the story is based around this philologist who someone who studies languages, uh, and he finds in between the two world wars he's just um, he's a veteran of the first world war. He comes back. He's kind of on this journey to to clear his mind, to return to normalcy. Mm-hmm. And he finds this rare artifact. And I won't tell you what it is, um, but he finds this rare artifact and then he devotes himself to it for the next several decades. And the book is just about um, how he engages with this artifact, what it does to his family, how other people are interacting with him, mm-hmm. how he has to keep it secret. Um, and you wouldn't think, I mean, hearing myself talk about it, maybe that doesn't sound like the most interesting thing, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that, that Doran is able to weave the story into something it's, kind it's, of mundane, but something so beautiful. Yeah, it's got elements of kind of like a, a treasure hunt mm-hmm. and elements of, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a little while since I've read it, but he interacts with some characters from literature. He does, like mm-hmm. G.K. Chesterton, definitely yeah, in there. Kind of pops up. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, does he does he chat with all the other Inklings or just G.K.? I can't remember. I haven't. I'm only like halfway through. Oh, okay. So. Well, I don't want to give anything away then. Yeah. Dang it, yeah. no. Because mm-hmm. um, I can't remember. But it really was a tremendous book. Yeah, and if you're interested in um, you know well done social commentary, uh, really just um, looking at philosophical idea ideologies that we glom onto in different different epochs different periods of time mm-hmm. um, but things that are d- definitely modern you'll recognize some ideas and some things that you've heard uh, in this story that's that takes place starting 100 years ago up to maybe around 50 years ago uh, and that's the part that's really interesting to me as yeah. someone who really loves philosophy is to to pick out like oh he's talking about Nietzsche there uh, and really he's making that flesh he's making that something that's real and contemporary yeah very cool and and I like uh, I like fiction that can do that. And mm-hmm. I really one of the things that I like, especially reading uh, things about World War One and World War Two, and in that time period and immediately after it, is to see how people um, work their way through the suffering of that, but then how they begin to reconstruct. Mm-hmm. And in the Catholic world, um, to to see that reconstruction is really a beautiful thing because it doesn't come without suffering. Mm-hmm. You know? it never does. And uh, and so it was, it's really neat to meditate on that a little bit as yeah. as uh, as you read that book. Yeah, yeah. this is it, it's almost like his way to return to what it's like to be a normal man, normal mm-hmm. husband, normal father. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So toward the gleam mm-hmm. is, is the book. Uh, my my pick of the week is uh, hold on, I've got to I've got to read it down and get it because it's very heavy. Uh, it was actually I have I've had it for a while. And this, <laughs> this is my mother's. 
Um, and it was actually autographed. Um, mm, cool. To my mom. So Chef John Fulce, whose recipe I used to make the shrimp creole. Mm, nice. You can actually get it on his website, the shrimp creole recipe. Um, but uh, his his first big old giant cookbook, uh, he has a couple of other ones. He wrote a book on, um, on the history of Cajun and Creole cuisine, and he talks about the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. But this one is the Encyclopedia of Cajun and Creole Cuisine by Chef John Fulce. Mm-hmm. Chef John Fulce is um, a local chef here in, in Baton Rouge, and he actually has been called, uh, I'll probably get this wrong, Jeff, the, the culinary ambassador the Louisiana culinary ambassador to the world. Mm-hmm. Because did I get that right? I got it right, yeah. And because he has gone to numerous countries and uh, has has uh, talked about and, and cooked for, um, cooked Louisiana cuisine for many, many different mm-hmm. types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, if you want kind of the, the one of his seminal works, uh, the, this is, I think, his first big book, mm-hmm. the encyclopedia of, and let's see if, if you're watching us on the video, it's a heavy book, It y'all. really is. Um, there are pictures of all of the things that he cooks. So oh, this is this is bananas yeah, Foster. I, say, I knew exactly. Uh, what you know, yeah. but I was like, bananas <laughs> yeah. Foster. Uh, and he talks about. There's a little comment on about where the the foods came from, mm. and uh, and he really really does an excellent job of telling you the story of the food that that yeah. you're eating. And that's I mean for us in Louisiana. Uh, the types of food are always tied to a story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, not only of, uh, of of where we eat them, but how they were first cooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> heavy book, y'all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's my pick of the week is uh, the Encyclopedia yeah, of Cajun and Creole Cuisine. And uh, it makes a really good gift. Like I said, that was my mom's, and uh, and it's kind of worked its way back into my kitchen because I've, well, I've needed it. <laughs> and, Spoken uh, like a true son. It's yep. true. It's true. And so you can actually go to, to Chef John Fulce's website. We'll put that in the show notes, uh, and you can do that as well. Well, you know, we also want to uh, to thank all of our benefactors. This is our Christmas show, and so this is the last time we'll be with you before the, the coming of the, the new year. And we want to thank you for, for certainly your prayerful support. And, and I mean prayerful because we're still here, and we've been going for, you know, uh, almost 10 years now with the Catholic Underground. And so we want to thank you for uh, for being patrons of, of our of our program. Um, it's we're, we're brought to you by you. And if you want to join the growing number of undergrounders, you can go to catholicunderground.com slash donate. Um, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. That's audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. And you can get all that information on our website. If you want the show notes, go to catholicunderground.com and you can do them. Uh, you can see all of, uh, all of the shows from the past years. Um, you can certainly see this past year's shows. And uh, see how much Kathleen's hair has grown. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. cut next week. That's right. There you go. Yeah, um, and uh, and so and of course it's worth mentioning all of our show notes. We try to be very very thorough with that as well. Our panels have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress, uh, Faith Ninja, Hope Samurai, Cooker of Gumbo. Thank you, Kathleen. You're welcome. Also, Olivia Galino, uh, OM Galino on Twitter, if she ever checks her Twitter account. I don't, but no, that's, that's what it is. That's right. Uh, special thanks to our technical director, Jeff Blackwell, up in the, uh, you know, up in the satellite of love up there. Also, our research assistant, thank you very much to our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab, Jim Hayes. Our video editor is Ed Ball. You know me, I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me online at Digital Catholic on Twitter. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. He's born anew in your heart. We're the Catholic Underground for Faith Gone Digital. We'll see you next year.
from the Catholic underground. <laughs>